When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Working, the podcast about what people do all day. I'm Jacob Brogan. This episode, we're taking a brief break from our ongoing series about professions imperiled in one way or another by the Trump presidency. We'll be back with more of those interviews in January, but we have a seasonal diversion for you first. Last week, we received a special visit at the Slate Studios from a man with a long white beard and bushy eyebrows, a man dressed all in red and white. He calls himself Santa Ed, and for decades, he's been entertaining children and adults alike at parties throughout the Christmas season. He leads us in this episode that you are about to listen to through a typical Santa party, sharing a few of the tricks of the trade that he uses to entertain, delight, and amaze children. Then he spoke with us about the difference between entertaining those kids and appearing at corporate functions, while also talking about why he doesn't do mall events, even though they might make him a little more money. And, of course, we went into what he does for the rest of the year. It's a little more complicated than going up to the North Pole to make toys. And he reflected on the progression of his career. Then, in a Slate Plus Extra, Santa Ed talks to us about how he responds when his clients want something a little spicier from Santa Claus. If you're a member, enjoy bonus segments and interview transcripts from working, plus other great podcast exclusives via Slate Plus. Start your two-week free trial today at slate.com slash working plus. What is your name and what do you do? I'm Santa. Uh, You might call me Santa Claus. Okay. And I... uh bring presents, but I, recently I've done a lots of things coming and going to people's parties. Uh-huh. So which came first for you, looking like Santa Claus or your first job performing as Santa at these parties? For many years, I was working with youth. Uh, I'm a social worker, uh-huh. and I worked at community centers, camps, and during the 60s, I grew a beard. Somebody asked me if I'd be a Santa, and I said, sure. They were going to pay the rental. And I said, okay, the rental's 100 180 I could buy the thing. You, the suit? Yeah. I was just going to buy it. I knew I'd like it. So you bought a suit. When was that? How long ago was that? 1970 or 71. So you've been growing the beard for almost 50 years? Oh, Yeah. Uh, and you've been doing Santa stuff for 37 years. So uh, how many versions of that outfit do you have? Are you, are you still using the same one that you bought back in the 70s? Oh, no, it's gone. But I have maybe three major versions. One of them that you just to sort of give to if I have to hire somebody else and I'm not available, I'm too expensive for somebody else. Uh-huh. And then my regular costume, I put real fox fur on it. Oh, wow. I try to make myself look as normal and as real as not theatrical as possible. My fox version is is a little modelly, and uh, 
It's a little wild, and it just doesn't look like a theater. And then occasionally, like last year, I worked for the Nationals. And I said, well, do you want a real copper or a fake fur? You know, we have to have fake fur because for some reason they thought the the pet people would be upset. <laughs> I said, well, they don't mind you having leather in your balls and in your gloves and everything. <laughs> but, okay, so I, I have a really nice fake fur one. Is is fox fur a, a common thing for Santas? Do most Santas have, have this fox fur component in their, their, their best version of their costume? Maybe a tenth of a percent has a, a real a fur. Okay. I just, just, you know, I find that I can get real fur a lot of times by old uh, fur coats that I can get at a thrift shop. So you make these costumes yourself? I make the the, line, the fur on them. Okay. So why is that part important to you? Is it is it that it, it helps you get in the, the mood? I mean, presumably the kids don't know the difference between real fur and fake fur. Oh, it's to impress the adults. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's getting me more jobs. Yeah. And my whole idea that I have for myself is to look as natural as possible. So my beard is long. I cut it off a little bit, even though it's pretty long. But uh, uh, I look normal. And then I put real glasses on that are uh, like Ben Franklin glasses from long mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And I just do lots of little things. And I don't use the huge belt buckle. That's not a normal thing. I have a, a like a one-inch, uh, one-and-a-half-inch belt buckle that's beautiful. And uh, anything that will make me look just like a real person that happens to wear a red suit. So what does a typical party with kids uh, go like for you? How do you how do you start to get prepared for a party uh, that you're doing with kids today in 2016? Oh, to prepare, I make sure my po- costume is on right. I add a little bit of white, too. I have a few gray hairs, and I have to cover them. <laughs> but if I have lots of time before... I'll pluck out all those gray ones, and, and uh, that's better. I don't have to use the the. Uh, the, the kids the prefer uh, a pure white-haired Santa. Well, they they don't see the difference. Yeah, but I see the difference, and the parents can somehow see. But more, if uh, somebody's giving me a hug and they get white on their face, that that's one of them. And then if I happen to be outdoors, and it rains, and I got the wrong kind of makeup. I'm, I'm in trouble. So you apply makeup too. That's what I say to cover up the oh to to, to augment the whiteness because of the of the uh, maybe two percent black hairs. So you'll add color to the beard, but you have to be careful because it'll run if it if the weather's yeah. inclement. Yeah. And then if it's raining, or if it's real hot, I use clown makeup, uh-huh. which is glue. It's terrible stuff. <laughs> So do you dress up before you leave the house when you're getting ready, or do you get ready once you arrive? I mean, are you, like, driving to these parties in a Santa costume? Ninety-five percent I'm going to be mostly dressed. A lot of times I don't put the coat on. Uh-huh. I try to do things to keep from having to change the fur frequently mm-hmm. to wash it. So I do things like I, when I get ready, I put on two totally cotton T-shirts. I cut the top of the out where they can breathe, and then between two gigs, I will put on two clean T-shirts because it's sweaty in the costume. I don't want it to be sweaty. And then as soon as I get out of a job, I take the coat off and let it dry out, going to the next job. So when you first arrive at the party, 
you're feeling like Santa, you look like Santa, but how do you establish your presence as Santa when you're getting ready to walk into the room? Well, with your permission, I don't knock on the door. I get people, if it's at all possible, to leave it unlocked. And I burst in, and I have a long string of real uh, sleigh bells, all different tones of bells, like like 25 bells, all different sizes. And I'm coming in, jingling the bells, and I know ahead of time where they are in the house. And I go in, and the parents, usually uh, the parents at least, and sometimes all the adults are amazed that, oh, it's Santa (laughs) Claus, look, here he is. So so uh, the parents help out in that way? uh, Yeah, usually. Yeah, you can't can't depend on them, but uh, they usually know that they want to be surprised to have their kids be surprised. If you're just bursting into people's houses, have you ever accidentally gone into the wrong house? Never. Never. Do you give a big laugh? Uh, seldom. The laugh is uh, is commercialized. Ah. Uh, the only time there's, I do There's ho- no ho-ho-ho. The only time I do ho-ho-ho, if I ask somebody... If he's been good an adult, and he says, yeah, then I either say, oh, yeah, right. Or I say, ho, 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 you know, (laughs) just, but I don't think it's Santa Hmm. doing ho, ho, ho. It's just been somebody, you know, like Santa having a fat belly or Santa having, coming down the chimney and all these. This is cartoonist Nast made things and they cut on or or Coca-Cola decided something and it cut on. Hmm. But the old Santa is... They looked much more human, Mm -hmm. and they didn't all wear red. They wear long robes, Hmm. which I intend to make a long robe sometime. So you don't ho-ho-ho, but but what's the first thing you do when you come into the room and the kids there? After they've seen me, then I do a little walk around, and I greet everybody. Oh, hi, how are you? And for the little kids, oh, look how you've grown up. Oh, you must be six inches taller than last year. Uh, really. Do you see kids from one year to the next? I do, but that, I mean, they saw, I saw them as Santa, mm. no matter who they are. So they imagine you've seen them. Yeah, no I what, act it's about like creating I've that seen story. them before. Yeah. Or an adult, have you been a good boy? And then I do the ho-ho. And, uh, you know, I mentioned something about their weight or something. I just talk about things. And uh, an older person, I said, Oh, you're not scared of Santa anymore. <laughs> are kids scared of Santa? Um, kids who are around two years old. The little babies, they're not scared of me. They, they don't like being away from their mother, but they're not scared of me. Mm. The two-year-olds, I would say 30% are scared. If I had a fake beard that's much more glorious than mine, there'd be at least half would be scared to death. Mm-hmm. After you've gone around and greeted the kids, what's the next step at one of these parties? Then I invite the children to come and sit in front of me. And I have made arrangements to have some place that I could sit mm-hmm. with uh, something as a backdrop. And sometimes they a have a tree or something like this? A tree or a fireplace, mm-hmm. but something that I can sit in front of and have it be in focus when they're close. And then uh, sometimes I have to take up my own chair. If they have a big chair that's comfortable, I'll push it aside with all the decoration and take a fold-up chair because if my butt is below my knees, it's almost impossible to get the kids up on my knee and down, and it's just hard to... So you need a lower chair just to... I need to be able to lean forward and sit up straight. Huh. So anyway, I have a chair, and I, 
I sit and then I ask the kids to come in front of me and sit on the floor. And then, most important, I get all the adults, sometimes this might take a little while, to stand or sit in their own, bring their chairs up behind the kids. Because if I let them stay at their tables, they'll talk. Mm. And you know how talking would be. Yeah. Uh, and then they will also find out to their surprise that they're enjoying my my program. <laughs> and the way I do the program, I involve them as much as possible. Yeah. Involve the adults. Uh, yeah. And then I usually talk a little bit about uh, what's going on at the North Pole and ask them if they know. Uh-huh. And in the process, I'll get around to introducing a story. If it's The Grinch or The Night Before Christmas, I do my own rendition of it. If it's The Polar Express, I have a child sit on my knee and open the book and show the kids the pictures. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll do that and then... So you lead them through, you read the, a Christmas-themed story to them? I will, I will say it. Can I tell you? <laughs> sure. I, yeah. I, you know, and I don't recite a poem. I tell a story that happens to be in rhyme. Uh-huh. Like, I don't say it was the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. That's fine. But instead, it was the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care and hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. And the children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. So after you've read uh, a story, after you've performed, really, a story, what's the next step? Are you delivering presents? Are you listening to kids' wishes? I asked them frequently. I said, you know, would it be all right with you if I gave you one of your presents today Mm -hmm. to sort of lighten my load on the sleigh? Would that be all right? And usually they say yes. Kids love presents. Yeah. And so then I start bringing, having them come up. Usually I get the youngest ones first because the little ones, their parents might know that a, a half an hour has been enough and she needs to leave. So mm-hmm. I'll bring the little ones up and then I'll have them one at a time and I'll come up. And if possible, if they give me presents that are wrapped with their names on it, the parents write on a little post-it note. I have them put little cues that I can take off uh-huh. on the present underneath the name, and they'll put something like honor school award mm-hmm. or broke foot or new baby or fights brother or something that I can then talk about to the kid, and I'll know him, and the other kids will see me as being this guy that seems to know what's going on Mm -hmm. because I know who went to Disneyland and I happen to know that uh, somebody uh, failed his math test and and I just know all these things. And the negatives, I always treat in a way that won't hurt them. Mm -hmm. So you never Uh, deliver coal? With adults occasionally, (laughs) occasionally. But with the children, if it's a negative, like... I know it's awfully hard to not bite your sister, isn't it? But you're working on it, aren't you? And, uh, you know, I make it where, and that does two things. It keeps them from being terrible about it because they're working on it. And also it helps the parent (laughs) who hopes that they won't be biting their sister as much. So I will try to turn the negatives into a teaching thing. This is a moral quality. Yeah. You've been listening to Santa Ed. After this brief break, he talks to us about the difference between entertaining children and performing at 
corporate functions. the best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day in everyday situations. But if that's not on the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. I've used apps in the past to learn new languages, but when I came across Babbel, I wondered if it could help me refresh my knowledge of a language I once spoke well, but was now a little bit or quite a lot rusty. I have to say, I was impressed. The advanced lessons were really useful tips and idioms that can help with in-depth conversations on topics that I can actually imagine chatting about. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations, and the tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. What's more, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for working listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for working listeners, at babbel.com working. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com working, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com working. Rules and restrictions may apply. So how many kids are at these parties usually? Someplace between two and 80. 80. That's probably too many to do uh, gifts with, right? No. I, 80, I would have to have an hour and a half instead mm. of a half, one hour. Or I might do two hours. Yeah. But I always want to have at least a third of the time, not just them coming up and sitting on my knee and getting a present because... To me, that is what so many, that's all they do. The Santas are what I call photo Santas Mm -hmm. or mall Santas. All they do is over and over again, have somebody sit on their knee, say a few words to them, give them their little present, and take a picture. And uh, I try to have them see me as more of a human being, somebody that's understanding and loving and, and has surprises. And they'll see me doing lots of things. And I think that they, this helps bring out the fantasy. And I help people see that it is all right to lie to children. If you <laughs> tell them there's a Santa, if you tell them there's a tooth fairy, you tell them there's an Easter bunny, it's not bad because it is helping them develop their fantasy, which later, when they get to be up older, their imagination will be better. And imagination is what the key to success is. So... It's okay to lie to children, but surely some children don't believe you. Uh, how do you deal with a Santa skeptic when you get one at one of these parties? Do you ever have a kid who's like, he's not real, Santa's not real? Well, depending on how, how they do it, but frequently it might be, well, a lot of people feel that way, and I don't know why. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, can, you can feel that way, but Santa is real. And you know, you know that Santa doesn't really come down the chimney. Santa enters through your heart. <laughs> or through the front door of the house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I, I wear a big key. That's Most Santas don't, but some do. I wear a big key, and they might say, what's that big key for? Oh, I say, you know, you can't, you, you can't depend now. There's apartments that no chimneys, and if there's someplace without a chimney, 
on Christmas only, I can wave. It has magical powers in this. I can wave it in front of the door, and the door will pop open. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's a good magic, yeah. magic item. Is there ever a religious component to, to your Santa visits? Only if they specifically ask mm-hmm. this. If maybe one out of a hundred will want me to bring in the, the Bible story and things like yeah. this. But I treat Santa not as a Christian thing. He's a, he's a druid. He's, <laughs> he was invented long before the, uh, the Christian people started uh-huh. adopting him as something they would do. Do kids ever confide in you, tell you what they want, share their wishes? Oh, yeah. When I ask them, one of the things I'll be asking them, what's been going on with you, you know, and if I know a little bit, I'm like, you know, how was high school or whatever. And then I'll say, what What do you want for Christmas? And they will sometimes tell me something. And so if they don't, I'll say, well, why don't you just write me a letter and I'll send it up to the North Pole. Mm-hmm. But if they ask me a question that is personal, they might ask, well, all I want is my mommy and daddy to get back together again. What do I do, you know? Well, you know, that's something you should talk about your mother and dad again because that's not my ball game. Or if they ask for a hundred impossible things, I'll just say, oh, those are wonderful wishes, and I'm sure I'll get you something good. And I very, very seldom will promise them anything mm-hmm because I don't know if I can keep that promise. Hmm. Once in a very, sometimes the parent will say, please let him know he's gonna get his sled or whatever, and then I do, but, but if they haven't told me this, I'll say, well, I'll do my best, or if I find it in the warehouse, I'll put your name on it. Yeah. And, uh, but I know I'll get you something good. Do you ever pass that information that they tell you back to the parents? Mm. If they haven't listened, that's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the next step? What comes after that? Well, depending on the party, but if possible, I have a little thing that I do that I hope that more Santas would do, but I've tried to get other Santas to do it. But we're all prima donnas and we have our own gig. <laughs> if I, everybody would do this, I think it would help the world. But my little thing is towards the end, I have the adults. I pull the adults up. I want to talk. Adults come up, and I want to talk to you. This is the adults area. I will say, you know, one of the reasons I came here is because I knew there'd be good people here, and I need help. You know, Santa needs help. I have helpers. You've seen them at the malls and department stores. Have they done a good job? You know, because I'm the real Santa, and I've got helpers. Are they doing a good job? Give them a hand, and everybody gives them a hand, and... They'll say, but I need, uh, I need more help. And there's one little job that I thought, since I knew there'd be good people here, that somebody might want to help me. If it feels right, I'm going to give you a bow. And I have a whole bunch of bows, some big, some small, all kinds. I have them pick their own bow out and take this bow home. And then when you're home and when you're all alone, when nobody's around, not even your spouse and not your children, go through your most cherished possessions and pick out something that's been very special to you. And maybe with some reluctance, wrap it up in a beautiful package, put lots of love on it, and then write down from, and maybe you could put a secret friend, our secret Santa, or a non, a must. Uh, but put a name down that's not you, and then, most important, listen, give it secretly to someone you would never have given a gift to, 
and never, ever let anyone know where this wonderful thing came from. So before you leave, you're trying to spread a little, a little extra joy. Well, I think that if there are lots of people out there with these gifts that they don't know where it came from, hmm. they might do something themselves that way. And if, if it became a tradition that people all over the world were getting anonymous gifts that they could really love and not have to answer anybody, not have, like, see, so many people feel that Christmas is sort of like a barter. Well, we've got to give her something about $15. If we give her too much, she'll embarrass because she didn't. And if we give her too little, she'll be uh, a little hurt because, you know, she's going to give us something about $15. And that's a bartering thing. Now, we don't do that with the children, do we? No, with the children, we bribe them. <laughs> if, you, if you're good, you'll get something from Santa. But I want it to be where somebody is helping you. Mm. It's mostly in-house parties for kids that you I do. I would probably a little bit over half, but uh. I do lots of uh, company parties. Like a lot of companies have a Christmas party for their employees. They'll have a, a dinner, and they'll bring their children or whatever, and they'll have Santa come, and sometimes they want me to be in another room with the children. I hate that because I want the parents to be involved too. Mm -hmm. But whatever, I go to adult parties. I go to children's parties, and I do corporate parties. Uh, how do you convince someone, uh, a, a potential customer, to hire you, to take on your services? I basically want them to see that you can get more than what you were planning on. If you get me, you'll get more than all the things I said about a photo Santa. Mm. And I will try to sell them that the kids will be believers, the adults will be entertained, and that the advertisers, the people that are paying for it, will feel they got a bargain. Mm -hmm. How do you normally find the clients that you end up working with? When I had the time, this year I didn't put the time in. One, I know some places do big parties. Mm -hmm. I can make a lot more money and hit a lot more people if they're big parties. Like if, if a big company is having a yearly party, some of them quit doing their yearly parties because they started losing people that would get drunk and be in, in, <laughs> in accidents, so they quit. But the smarter ones decided, we're going to still have our yearly party, but if he's drunk, they give him a set of keys, and this is your room number, mm -hmm. and you don't drive tonight. But uh, on the other hand, if I know that some places I should call, and I know that in July and August I should be calling the big hotels and talk to the a human relations person, and find out when their staff party is going to be. They're going to have a four-hour staff party, and it's a time for them to give to those underpaid workers something that they've been serving. You know, they'll get the lobster and the mm -hmm. <laughs> steaks and everything that they've been serving. So you and reach out directly to people. I go to the human relations people and ask them if they want a good Santa. What about yeah. families? How do you? How do they find you, or how do you find them? Word of mouth is a lot. Mm -hmm. And then some of them get me on the Internet, but it's harder now because the Internet is getting so commercial that the things that used to get you in that first page, so many people have paid money to get higher than you mm -hmm. that uh, I get a lot of my jobs now because I registered with a marketer, mm -hmm. and they get top listing for some reason. Interesting. But uh, I... 
I think that mostly if I know that, uh, like in nursery school, that I should call them about September. And I know that automobile dealers and big uh, um, real estate people, they will need people. And I'll call them maybe August or September. Well, we'll put a link to your website uh, on the page for the show. Have you ever worked as a mall Santa? Have you ever done that kind of Santaing? Never as what you would call a mall Santa. I did one time an opening with Tyson's, mm-hmm. and I did one singleton at Saks Fifth Avenue. But I'm not a mall Santa. It would kill me to have to sit there all day and do the same thing and not be able to, to use some of my talent. And I can, you know, not be able to put on some magical effects, mm-hmm. which I love to amaze them by doing something magical, not as a magician, but as showing how we magically do things in the North Pole. Like what? Well, one of them, I tell them that other people besides the Grinch have tried to stop me from bringing Christmas. And one time, the bad elves kidnapped me and grabbed me and took me on the other side of the big iceberg and tied me up with some special rope and left me there. And I was afraid I wasn't going to get to my sleigh. And then one of the good elves found me and brought some friends over. And they did their magic and they pulled on the rope and it came free. And I had two of the kids then help me mm-hmm. by tying me up and then other kids would try to pull it free. And then I said, no, you gotta say the magic word and they would say hocus pocus and no, that doesn't seem to work. And then finally we try the third try where they've seen them pull hard. Then when they say Merry Christmas or something like this, they pull, and that same rope that didn't come free before <laughs> comes free. Ooh, he's for real. <laughs> <laughs> Santa is magical. Yeah. Uh, how did your Santa Claus develop when you were first getting started? How long did it take <clears throat> you to, to sort of find the right rhythms for your performance, for your presence? Probably it was faster than most people because I've had so much putting on skits at camps. So and you've, you've been doing sort of theatrical stuff for a while. Yeah, well... Not, yeah, theatrical a little bit, but more it's just getting kids to get involved. Mm. And that was, you know, I'm a, I have a master's in social work, in group work, not in casework. And using this talent made it much easier for me to see what Santa could do that I didn't agree with most Santas. Mm-hmm. Do you remember seeing Santa as a kid? Did you ever have a Santa come visit you when you were young? No. We were poor, mm-hmm. and we, no, we never had a Santa come. But I, I was taken to see a Santa several times. At the mall? Or? Yeah, but it's hard for me to remember because they're, they're not mind-boggling things that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, when you just go and somebody gives you a gift, what are you going to remember? You, I mean, it's not something special. And from knowing what kids really developed with in other things, I realized I can do more than just give them a gift and take a picture. Although we take awfully good pictures. <laughs> you also went to Santa school, is that right? I went to the Santa school. I'm not going to give them a big shout out. Okay. I thought that the Santa school, 20% of things that I could really use as a school, most of the people at this Santa school, maybe other Santa schools wouldn't be that much, but most of the people come back every year just to see the other Santas and it's like a big fraternity. Hmm. And they had spent so much time uh, learning about the reindeer. Well, we're never going to use that. And, oh, we go to Toys or Us. 
And I can't give a shout-out for Toys R Us because most of the stuff is what the television tells them to buy. And few of the things I would want to give. And they would always spend a, lots of time there, and I would say nobody buys anything. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, they went to another store that was a Christmas store. And they had all these old, old ornaments and all kinds of things from all over the world. And people loaded up with things. So I could see that the values of all the stuff that is commercialized is not what I want to push. You've been listening to Santa Ed. In a minute, he talks about what he does for the rest of the year when Santas are not in high demand. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. This is primarily a seasonal job. Uh, How many days a year do you actually work at the Santa gig? Uh, Usually... Around Thanksgiving, and you have maybe 25 days. Hopefully someday I'll get a big job uh, in July and film <laughs> an advertisement that will be done for for many, many months, and I'll get all these residuals. That would be nice. But, uh-huh. uh, I've had two auditions. The same guy always beat me. One time, my own fault, I didn't understand what he wanted, and the other guy hit it right on the target. And another time, the guy just didn't see how good I would have been for him. What are the busiest days during that Santa season? Uh, Does it get more frenetic as Christmas approaches? This year, I'm using a marketer. I hate marketers, but this year, I was so busy doing political things and doing some health things that I didn't do my phone calling, Mm. and I used a marketer. And this year, I've got around 60 leads Mm. for December 10th. For December 10th alone. That'll be the most, every year, about two weeks in front of Christmas. The weekend, the Saturday, about two weeks in front of Christmas, it'll be the biggest week. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many appearances do you do in a really busy day? Oh, real busy. One, one Christmas Eve, I started at 10 in the morning, and I ended up at 11 at night. I did seven gigs. Are all of those hour, two hours long, or some of those just stop in for five minutes? I think most of my Christmas are about an hour. Now, my 11 o'clock one, that year when I did seven, the guy just said, when you finish your last job, you come out to my house and get into the station wagon, fill your bag, and then walk in the door, go to the tree, put the presents down, fill a couple of stockings, and then on the way out, see, there'll be uh, some cookies and milk, and you sit down, and 
you'll read the little letter that's been left for you, and then you leave. That's all I did, except for I saw the flashbulbs going off, hmm. and the father had woke up the kids. Kids, kids, I, I hear Santa's outside. Come. And they, they hid up in the balcony, and they took these pictures, and they were believers. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, and then when I got out of, out of sight where they couldn't look out the window, I would did Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do for the rest of the year? Uh, presumably you're not just up at the North Pole making toys. Mm, I, I do lots of sort of volunteer type things, not usually commercially kind, but I, I find things to do. Mm-hmm. And I do a little bit of uh, bartering stuff. And I live in a senior house and I try to help them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but my main, uh, oh, from July on, I should be working at getting more gigs. Mm-hmm. How does the season end? When do you stop? Is it over after Christmas? Well, I have the 25th this year. Last year, I went to a party on Epiphany. That's like uh, 12 days after Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so there, there are a few kings I get. Now, on Christmas Day, I get seldom gigs that when I do, I take them. But if I don't do that, then I go down to the, the uh, Washington Hospital Center. Mm-hmm. They have the Holiday Project at the Washington Center. They have it all over. The Holiday Project tries to go to every place where people would not get out for Christmas. Mm-hmm. They go to hospitals. They go to prisons. They go to hospices. And usually they go in and uh, do Christmas caroling. And a friend of mine asked me to come carol. I said, no, I don't want to be a caroler. But I'll come as Christmas. And it was a big hit. Do you ever shave your beard in the off season? No. No. But you uh, trim it. I just trim it basically to get it even. Mm-hmm. The one side seems to grow more than the other and I try to trim it and make it a little bit neater, but very little. Yeah. And my beard doesn't get too long. Different people's beards grow differently. Do you uh do you do anything for beard health? Do you apply beard oils or anything? No. Maybe I should. Maybe I should take some vitamins or something to get more. <laughs> I'd like to find something I could take to cop, stop the black hairs from growing. Just keep it all white. Yeah. I don't think that's what everyone wants from their beard. No, just, just Santa's. When Santa has a real big, full, natural beard that has no gray hairs in it, this is God's blessing. You know, you're not going <laughs> to get it. <laughs> Do you think you can charge more because you rock a natural beard? Oh, Definitely. If I'm hiring other people, I'll say that if you can have a full beard, it'll be $100 more. Wow. It's a big difference. Uh, well, no, maybe that's not true. If you have a full beard and have some entertainment things, <laughs> if you know how to do some stories and be a good storyteller and do some magical effects and maybe dance with the ladies and, and have lots of yarns you can do, then you're not a photo Santa and you get $100 at least more, maybe more than $100. Some of the photo Santas probably get uh, one-third of what I would. Wow. What are the most difficult parts of the job? Um, good question. <laughs> uh, most difficult. To overcome some stereotypes that are... I think are hurtful. Mm. And I really want to overcome some of these stereotypes of just thinking of, of getting a free prize. Yeah. So it's not about Santa just as a 
delivery system for gifts, but yeah. rather as a bringer of joy, maybe? Well, I want him to be... Uh, I want Santa to be something that they would want to do in their own lives mm -hmm. and help give them a tradition that when they get older, it'll be obvious that you help other people. Yeah. If someone wanted to get started as Santa, if they wanted to start working in the field, uh, where would they begin? I would think you would try to find some company that has several Santas. And I'll find or somebody that wanted you to rent a suit and do it, mm -hmm. like I did. But there are some companies that use Santas and use those for a while, then figure out a way to do it yourself. Or then if you wanted to be a photo Santa, and they make a, see, the photo Santa makes maybe one-fourth as money at the malls, but he comes out at the end of the year maybe two or three times as much money as me. If I wanted to be a mall because Santa. Because he's working all day. He's working seven days a week. He's working eight, maybe ten hours a day. Less time in transit, I assume. N no time in transit right. because so many of the big companies get their Santas from two major companies that work for the whole United States. And many of them will want you to go to a different city. And they'll give you a hotel room. And it's. I ask, why do you think they want you in a different city? Because people might recognize No, they don't care if they recognize you. <laughs> the reason they want you to go to a different city is that you won't say, oh, I'm sick because your friend is having a party or because you have some other obligation. And I know that they want you there every day. And if you're not there, they're stuck. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Oh, the... Uh, Miracle on 34th Street, clearly. Why do you like that one? Oh, it gets, I mean, he was talking about this spiritual thing. This is not just making money. Yeah. It's, uh, it was just a great movie. And so many others are farces. And I love farces, but it didn't have the spiritual feeling that the Miracle did. So is that a movie that you have looked to over the years to inspire your own version of Santa? I don't think so. I think I have had that already, but uh, I really saw that the, he and I were on the same page. Are there any films about Santa that you think present a bad image of Santa Claus? I don't. They don't stay in my mind. Sure. That uh, I know that you know the guy that falls off the roof and he, that he, you know, was so hard to believe, and that he had that it just was. Not believable. Mm -hmm. What do you love about your job? I guess the main thing, the main things is one, the children idolize you. To be idolized is a nice thing to feel. And the second one, I really love when I see that I have put a, a, a message out that could be accepted. Mm -hmm. And that this message that is greater than the uh, gift Santa that I know that this has gotten through to people. When that happens, it's great. Well, I'm so delighted that I get to say this, but Santa Claus, thank you for joining us in our studio today. It was my pleasure. The pleasure was all ours. And I hope that you will go home and remember to be good this year. I plan to. Okay. Merry Christmas. He wants to meet old Santa Claus. I took my brother to the department store. Show Sam.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Working. I'm Jacob Brogan, and I am getting coal in my stocking this year. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the podcast, but only if you've been very good. Our email address is working at slate.com, and you can listen to past episodes at slate.com slash working. That's our present to you. Working is produced and edited by Mickey Capper. All he wanted for Christmas was to meet Santa. Sometimes wishes do come true. Thanks to Afim Shapiro, who brings joy to the world and peace to his fellow podcast producers. And special thanks to everyone at Slate's DC office for helping us brainstorm questions and otherwise getting us into the spirit. Our executive producer is Steve Lichtai, and the chief content officer of the Panoply Network is Andy Bowers. May dreams of sugar plums dance through both of their heads. Rest of the new fall snow gave a luster of midday to objects below when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer with a little old driver so lively and quick I knew right away that it must be St. Nick. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky so up to the housetop his coursers they flew with a sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas, too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I pulled in my head, and I was turning around, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all covered with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening in sack. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. (laughs) (laughs) He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work. He filled all the stockings, and he turned with a jerk, and laying a finger aside of his nose, with a nod of his head, up the chimney he rose. He he. Did I leave out? Did he spoke not a word, but... You got that. Okay. <clears throat> Up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh. To his team gave a whistle. Then away they all flew, like the down on a thistle. And I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and, and to, to all, all a good, good night. night. <laughs> I left out one. I left out part. No, I think you got it. No, I left out a good one. Ah. Um. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.